I'm David. And I'm Lacey. And this is Life on the DL. Our friends and family are constantly asking us for our advice and opinions, which of course we'd love to share. And that inspired us to start this podcast, Life on the DL. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Life on the DL, or welcome if this is your first time joining us. My name is Lacey, and today we're going to be talking about a really fun topic that's more personal, and it's big differences between us that weren't a big deal. And I think we all have these sort of checklists when we're imagining who we want to spend our life with, which includes, you know, what they might look like, their qualities, what their hobbies are, or what they like to do. But I found that oddly enough, my checklist went right out the window when I met the person that I eventually married my co-host here, David. And this episode is going to be pretty lighthearted compared to our usual. And I'm really looking forward to sharing our thoughts on all of the big differences in our relationship that ended up not being a big deal. And a couple of small things that actually were. Well, let me get started. When I was younger... In the military, I didn't have a specific set of qualities or things that I was looking for. And at that age, I feel like maybe I had rushed into things more so than I should have. But it turned out to be a great start to my life and had two wonderful children. But what that's leading into is after that relationship ended, what I thought I was looking for was also very different. And what I found was also very different when it comes to age, background, independence, attitude as a start. Yeah, I think that is pretty normal for guys. I think it's more of a girl thing to dream about like the person that you're gonna be with and you know your wedding and your kids and things like that um but yeah I think they maybe contributed to why you didn't really think about it as much so for me I wanted and always imagined being with someone that was older than me although don't take this personally but (laughs) not quite as old as David um and that's mostly since men mature at a slower rate you know that is a scientific fact we don't need to get into that too deeply here and I've always felt older than I actually am Kind of like an old soul. Um, I feel like I was born in a different age. And it's just really strange to try to explain that. But I do not feel like the person I look like on the outside. So I've dated people my age and even a little bit younger. And I did learn that 
that wasn't going to work for me. I've never had a good relationship with someone who is the same age as I am or younger than me. And that really drove me to seek out a partner that was older. That's a good point. Actually, my in my first relationship, my previous partner was actually three years older than me. And being in the military, you know, if you talk about marriage um, and kids, that was almost a status quo type of thing where everybody would just go off and randomly show up married. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. then next thing you know, they have kids. You know, there were some financial benefits, let's say, in the military for being married because then you basically got paid more right. um, to live, let's say, off base or also to help um, take care of your dependents, as they called them. <laughs> you probably hate that. That is so interesting to me. It's It's a totally different culture, you know, being in the military, I feel like it takes a special kind of person and a special kind of relationship to thrive in that environment. And a special kind of family um, Mm -hmm. that not only has to thrive, but, you know, move every three years and have to make new friends every three years, find a new place to live. Sometimes we do it by choice now, but, you know, back then that's, that's a challenge when you're young you know i joined very young so had probably moved three four times before i was even 21 yeah i have a couple of friends that their spouses are in the military as well and their timeline was fairly similar to what you were describing switching gears a little bit so we've talked about the age difference and what we kind of imagined our partners would be like. And I want to talk about kids next. So I didn't want to find somebody with any children of their own. Um, Where I'm from, it is so hard to find someone that doesn't have children because it's a small town. And for some reason, um, the timeline is actually very similar to that military um, timeline that you were describing, people tend to marry very quickly and that is immediately followed by having children. And, you know, sometimes they may skip the marriage part altogether and just start having children. Um, it, It can be a little bit different, but that's just another reason why it was not the place for me personally. And I didn't feel like I really wanted to live that type of life. So that was a huge difference um, for us, right? I, my, I showed up and I had two pretty grown children and I had already been used to raising them, had, you know, already put one um, almost in college and the other one was in, in their teens. So I had gone through that and to me, like, having children and raising children were just the way life worked. And, and I, it, it was foreign to me that that wasn't or could, could be an option not to. Yeah, I've always been one to kind of press that status quo, ask people why. Why does life have to be like this? Why do you want this in your life? 
I think it's interesting that people kind of go through these motions without any particular reason and without even really wanting that for themselves, um, just because they think that's the way that it's supposed to be. So, you know, with my psychology background, it's fascinating to me to analyze other people and their decisions that they make. So that's another topic, though. Um, So, David, um, since your kids are older and they were older at the time as well, we found it wasn't really a big deal after all, because my primary concern or reservation was around raising children and co-parenting, which I wasn't crazy about the idea of. And his kids are great, though. And since they were older, I didn't have to do anything at all. And they're really easygoing, which made it, you know, no big deal to me. The last higher priority item I would say that I was looking for personally in a partner is someone who prioritized health and wellness in the way that they ate, um, their daily activities, and one big aspect that's really crazy to talk about now is that my partner did not smoke. That was very important to me. Which I did <laughs> yeah. significantly. And I had started smoking at like an age of, I think, 14. So I had smoked for so long. To me, that was just normal. Um, you know, I didn't even look at it as a habit, but I had quit for several years at a time before. So to me, that wasn't a big deal. And I know, again, it, it seems like or sounds like something that would be a huge mm-hmm. deal, a huge difference. But for me, I know you voiced your dissatisfaction. You're like, I yeah, don't like smoking. And and I think I uh, that was a very quick path to quitting smoking, like cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a big deal to me. And... If you know me, you know that it wasn't a secret that that is a big deal. And I was definitely going to voice that to David at the time because, yeah, I don't really keep things inside very well. But I think it's also really important to communicate with your partner or like potential partners on things that you're really concerned about. Um, I personally think smoking is just gross, but also it is so unhealthy. So since David is a bit older than me, it's also concerning to me that he was putting his health at risk by smoking so much every single day. Agreed. And I quit and I've never looked back and I've felt so much healthier now uh, because of it. Now, for me... A big difference that actually is a, still a pretty big deal. I think you know, in some ways you can look at it as a small difference that's a big deal or as a big difference that's a, a minor. But for me, after my first relationship, I, I think I was looking much more for someone who was really financially independent. That's a pretty broad term, but in short, someone who had their own career, you know, successful in their career and and even some of those little things like having conversations about work at the office and, and things like that, those might also seem small, but that adds to 
you know, building that relationship. So that was some of our topics and of discussion and things that we talked about a lot was because we were in a very similar field. Some of our conversation was around, quote, let's say work. Mm-hmm. And it might not be just a financial independence. It's like sometimes we have shared or common enemies at work mm-hmm. when it comes to certain people that we interact with or or just shared or common frustrations. Right. And if we're having a bad day, the other person typically understands exactly the issue that we're going through and has potentially even experienced that before. So it's good to have somebody that understands the work that you do and is able to offer good suggestions or like console you if you're feeling really stressed out or angry about something that's happening in a more meaningful way. So we've talked about our big differences that ended up not being a big deal. So our age isn't a big deal. Our lifestyle isn't a big deal. And our lifestyle has actually become really similar, you know, the longer that we're together, um, our priorities have shifted to be more health focused and our activities are typically more active, if you will. Um, what was the other one for you? Kids. Oh yeah. We talked about how the kids ended up not being a big deal because primarily of their age and David, I guess, that wasn't really a big deal, the financial thing, because that's something that it wasn't different. Like, that's just what I was. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about all of those things, you know, and I can't remember one small difference that was, albeit briefly, a huge deal for you, David. So <laughs> why don't you yes. tell everyone what that was? Um, it's actually so funny. It, it, it is, but... To me at the time, it wasn't funny. It was, it was actually pretty serious. And I took it a lot more seriously, I guess, than you thought I should have. Yes. But we had this conversation on, because we meal planned together and we're cooking and, and having different types of cuisine, different styles of cuisine, different regions, the topic came up about, I'm not sure if it was becoming just strictly vegan or eating vegan, but... That term just like I think set me off because to me <laughs> vegan is like almost like a crazy religion. It's not religious at all. Number one, um, it's just like a a way of life or a way of eating, depending on how serious you are about it. But in this instance, I was primarily just asking you to eat vegan more often. I think. And I just violently reject, not violently, but I... It was violent. I just violently rejected it. And I'm like, I am not going to eat vegan. I'm not going to be one of those people. Don't try to force your beliefs on me. I literally, it's it's as if I was asking you to cook the dog or something. Like, you acted like this was the craziest thing that I have ever suggested to you. And the even more interesting thing, you'll probably say it too, is I believe, I think we eat more vegan than we don't now. Yeah, that's now. So somehow I was able to convince David that it was okay for us to eat vegan or vegetarian a few times a week. Again, it all goes back to like health. Um, David's had like some health, not issues, but 
high blood pressure here and there or high cholesterol and mm-hmm. you know meat and red meat specifically can contribute to those for some people so i thought it was a great suggestion <laughs> for this and you have to say sometimes i'm the one suggesting it more now yes so it's important to note this was maybe four years ago mm-hmm. um, when this specific conversation happened and now if for meal planning and i suggest what david thinks is too many meat focused dishes he will be the first person to say we need to have more vegetarian dishes or vegan dishes this week i've also discovered the wonders of indian cooking um, dishes and recently i mean we've always loved ethiopian but we've recently discovered ethiopian as a way of cooking as well so Mm -hmm. um it's it's delicious yeah i love it and so david in korean cuisine is it very vegetable or vegetarian yes that's the crazy thing is everybody knows Korean barbecue. That seems to be the most popular thing. But in Korea, it's more so very vegetarian, vegan. You know, all the panchan or side dishes that you have are, say, 100%, 99% vegetarian. Kimchis or pickled items or different types of vegetations that are stewed or cured. or So they're just great. Side dishes are, you know, mostly mostly vegetarian. Mm-hmm. They are. Is there anything else that we thought was a small difference that ended up being a big deal? So here's a small difference that actually ended up being a bigger deal, I think, rather than the other way around, right? The vegan was one, but driving. I, I don't think you had a very positive view of my driving. No. <laughs> you, you hadn't mentioned it much before, you know, like when we first started dating, but I think uh, as we drove together more often, I think uh, I think you prefer to drive more than I do. Yeah. You know, when your first like growing relationship with somebody, you try to not say as many things to them, especially because maybe you were just... I don't know, not driving well that specific day, but then it became a trend. And then I realized this is just who you are and how you drive. And yeah, I have to say, I, I prefer to drive us myself. But do you like my driving? Not necessarily, but it's yeah. not that I dislike it. You I complain. Just, I mean, because it's just very different from my style of driving. But I much more enjoy sitting and riding than driving. Yeah, so. because I'll, I'll complain the whole time or I'll be like freaking out. So my mom does this thing, too, where I'll be doing what I consider to be a normal driving behavior. And she'll be grabbing that like handlebar, acting like my turning is the Indianapolis 500. And it's just insane. And I feel like I have acquired some of those habits and I do that when David is driving and I can tell that you just can't stand it. But what's more insane is like, you're like driving Miss Daisy. You drive like <laughs> I think so five too. miles <laughs> under the speed limit, take every turn at like three miles per hour. So <laughs> I like to be careful. Yes. It's very 
deliberate and careful driving. Yeah. That is a difference that we have that it's a big deal because I typically drive everywhere that I can. Um, sometimes if we're on long road trips, we can't only have me drive, although we have done that before. Um, so that made that small difference really grow. As we were thinking about the topic for today, I found it so interesting that we had this many things that we considered to be big deals that ended up not being. And I hope that this helps more people realize that even when we have an idea of what our partner will be like and the attributes that they'll have, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't give others a chance to see if we find something better aligned to what we're truly looking for, like I ended up doing with David. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast networks with new episodes dropping every Tuesday. We'd love to hear your questions at Life on the DL on Instagram or email us at Life on the DL podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on our new episodes. If you love today's show, leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you tune in.